Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited because I have a wonderful guest on the show today. Welcome to the show, Deanna. Thank you so much, Andrea. I'm glad to be here. Yay. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Deanna and I own Deanna Marie Coaching. Uh, Deanna Marie Coaching is a place where women who love an alcoholic can become unstuck and start showing up in their life. When I was in my 30s, I was in an alcoholic relationship. And at that time, I was looking for many resources to try to help me find things that I could do to change and fix him. And for some reason, lo and behold, there weren't a lot of places like that. There was Al-Anon, and I have to say I'm dating myself because there weren't even any, I, there wasn't any Facebook groups or any other online places I could go to, to even just vent about being in this type of relationship. So at that time, I did go to Al-Anon. And I did seek some personal therapy, but I was really just wanting somebody to tell me what to do. I was just looking for some direction. And only with the course of time um, did I realize that I really just, I had to start taking care of myself. And with that, I became a better person. I started showing up for myself and then my life totally changed. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, I always say it's amazing that, you, that when someone turns pain, pain into purpose, right? Um, and I always have that thing, I, I never want to put struggle to waste. So when we were just talking about that before we popped on here and that um, I just commend you for that wonderful transition. And I know how hard it, you know, what you've gone through and how hard it is and um, and how you were seeking help. And, and now you've turned, you know, you've turned what was lacking into something that you could be of service service to other people. So that's just, that's so wonderful and such a, a, a touching story. I do want to know though, let me know, like, what was the biggest struggle for you loving someone with an addiction? Well, I think one of the biggest struggles for me was really seeing the beauty and the abilities of my spouse and him not recognizing it. Because what I learned early on when I did go to Al-Anon is really just seeing the beauty of him as a human and the fact that he had demons that he was struggling with that was keeping him from being the person that I could see, you know, that he was. And you, I tried to manipulate him and guide him and suggest groups that he could go to to try to get better 
And you realize that you can do all of those things. You can cry and scream and yell, but until they're ready, there's just nothing you can do. They have, they have to want it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that is such a big struggle because as you and I both know, we want it so badly for them. And I know, and you hit on something so key there too, is we almost fall in love with the potential or we fall in love with, you know, we, we know that they're capable of so much and we know like, and that we just see so clearly from our perspective, you know, what's getting in the way. And, um, so it's, it's, it's amazing though. You're right. Like there's literally, that is your, that was your biggest struggle is there's nothing you can do. They have to decide for themselves. And yeah, that, that was a big struggle for me as well. Yeah. It is tough to sit back and just watch them hurt themselves over and over again. If you can step away from your initial anger and frustration, right? Because you're like, just stop this. Just stop doing this. You're hurting me. You're hurting our family. But if you can take a deep breath and remove yourself emotionally for a moment and look at them, you can see, you know, they are an individual that's just hurting. And, um, and it's, there is just nothing we can do. They just have to want it. Oh, and that is as easy as it is for us to say that right now. It's, it's a really hard realization in the nature of loving someone with an addiction. So I'm curious, um, what, what helped you take back your power? How did you take back your power? Well, honestly, in my situation, my husband had left us three times. And I sadly had the thought, throughout our entire relationship that I was never getting divorced because my parents were divorced and I just wasn't going to let this happen to me. And after many bouts and ups and downs and fights and good times and bad times, it just came to a, a point that my alcoholic husband addiction had just taken over and he had gone out on a third bender. And finally, I was just like, I had had it at that point. Enough was enough. So he actually, you know, he, uh, he forced me to do what I, what I should have done for myself years before. And I have to tell you, as much as that was one of the most difficult times in my life, I can tell you it at this point in my life, it was the biggest blessing and the biggest gift that he's ever given to me because it really made me recognize and that it was up to me and I eventually had the wherewithal to do all the things I could mow the lawn I could call the repairman I could pay the bills I could keep my house I mean I could raise two boys on my own and and they are now incredible men and their father was away and they will always have that relationship with their father. But because of him making that decision to go out and drink for that last time where I then said no, it's like I have recognized such strength and power within myself. And that has been the ultimate gift. 
Oh my gosh. That's so amazing that you just got to a point where enough is enough. And I, and I love the way you said it too. And that actually happened to me as well Is they ended up removing themselves from your life and like, and from my life as well. And at the time it seems, Oh my goodness, like, how am I going to deal with this? But it actually, in hindsight, it is such a gift, right? And it sounds like you were able to, to take back your power almost because it was given to you because you literally had to now mow the lawn and like, you know, take ownership of the bills and step up in a way that it was just like showing up for yourself and your kids. And I just want to celebrate that about you and that you were able to do that. And that, um, it was, and you see it now through the lens of a gift and an opportunity. And I, and certainly, and that is my story. However, I will say the downside of this in hindsight is I wish I just recognized my worth earlier on. I just wish that I didn't let 20 years go by until I realized that I was forced to realize what an amazing woman I am and how strong I am and how resourceful I am and that I do know the right things to do. So if I could turn back time, which we can't, and that's just my story. I want to say to other women, if you're in this situation right now, really look at your life and those fears that are haunting you, the cancer, I, I don't knows, really think about them and don't let them hold you back and really try to get to a place where you, you can be yourself, your best self, and you can love yourself unconditionally and know that you are worth every bit of it. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to now that, you know, they, they share that they have that same thing in common that they wish that they realized it sooner, or they wish that, you know, that they woke up to it sooner and woke up to their self-worth. Um, and I think though, all in, in offering self-compassion around it and the fact that we, we stayed as long as we did because, you know, we either believed in the potential or that was just, you know, we wanted to make it work and we did everything we knew how to do. So there's no, you know, bad decisions in it, but I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I wish I discovered this, this sooner. Um, which kind of brings me to the, my next question that I usually ask is like, what was your biggest lesson, um, going through all this? Um, I think my biggest lesson going through all of this again, with some time under my belt, is just that we are all humans. We all make mistakes. And you know what? We're all doing the best we can. And my ex-husband, I, I don't speak to him anymore, but I will tell you, I wish him just the peace and happiness that all of us want because that's his life and we all get to be us. And we can only work on ourselves. And if he chooses that life and he has found peace with it, you know, that's all you really want. And that's all I want for me. And that's all I want for everybody else too. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, a lot of people that are in the listeners to some people might be in the muck of everything and they're thinking, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm the, I can't wait to get to that point. Or I wish that yep. I could, you know, um, so when I, I can say too, from experiences that when you get to that place, it, it is so wonderful. It's so peaceful that you can actually get to a place where you wish that person that brought you so many lies, manipulation, and just like, you know, heartache, um, you can get to a point where you're just like, you know what, I wish you the best. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm saddened that this is the direction your life has gone in. Um, but you're, you're so right. Like, so your big lesson is, is that, you know, you can take back your power and that you can, um, you can be in a place of peace where you wish the best for everyone, including yourself. And I, I just, that, 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 that place must feel so good for you. It does, because as we know, as two women who had husbands that were struggling with addiction, you know, there is so much angst and there's so much anger and there's so much desperation and you're constantly manipulating and the wall of stress is just constant, is sitting on your shoulder like Mm -hmm. a hundred pound weight. And you carry with that with you every single day. Every single day you're in that relationship and every morning you wake up and what are they going to do? What are they going to say? How are they going to behave? And then how am I going to need to adjust my life in order to, you know, um, fit their bad behavior into my schedule, basically. (laughs) And now it's like with time and just taking back my power and just knowing that I had the ability to just change my life at this moment by deciding what I want to do. And again, for the women that are out there right now that are in the muck, I would offer up to you if they are grouchy or they're being miserable or they're just, they said something to you that you don't like, don't take it on. You don't have to engage. You can be there in the physical sense And you can hear their words, but don't make it about you. Because really what they're saying to you has nothing to do with you. It's all about how crappy they feel at this moment. Mm, I love that. Not taking it personally. Um, I know I I read that book for give for good and it's all about not taking on a grievance story, become the victor, not the victim. And, um, and I, and I love how you put it too. And there's that expression, don't let anyone ruin your day. Right. Yeah. And so just that little bit of detachment, I love that suggestion and just like stepping away and not taking on what's going on for them. And I know they do try to gaslight you and make it about you. Like you're the cray cray, you're the crazy one. (laughs) So a lot of people probably like they try everything. Um, yes. so sometimes hard to do that. And I remember, you know, using that tool of Greystone, like, you know, not engaging, not, not getting a reaction. Um, and so that, that is a wonderful suggestion and just creating that space and not taking, trying, not trying like your best, not to take it on and not taking it personally is really, those are great suggestions. So I'm curious, um, for the listener who is in the muck of things, um, what do you want to say to them specifically? Um, I really just want to say to them, know your worth. And I know it when you're in this relationship, your alcoholic may be telling you your worth. 
that you're unlovable, that you're not worth it, that you're not a, house, a, a good house cleaner, that you're not a good wife, that you're not a good partner. And I just want to offer up to you that that's not true. You get to decide the person that you want to be. Nobody can decide for you who you should be in this lifetime. So I want to say to all of you who are in the muck right now that value your self-worth. Look inside and remember that person that you were as a child and who you wanted to be and how you can find her, how you can get to her dreams, how you can meet that next guy, how you can be in that relationship, how you can have that career. It's all about your self-worth. It's not just this current relationship. It's about everything in your life. And if you feel confident and worthy, you can take on the world. I believe it. I've lived it. And I know that you can too. Mm, that is so beautiful. And this whole piece of self-worth. And I love that because self-worth, nobody can take away the worthiness and the, the gift, the gift that you are to this life. So no one else can take that away from you. No matter what your addicted loved one is saying to you, no matter how much it's like tearing you down and making you question. Like I remember looking in the mirror question, like, where did my sparkle go? Like, where did Andrea go? Um, so it's really amazing how just tapping back into remembering remembering your worth. And sometimes it's so hard to see. So I know what I always recommend to people is to, you know, ask those people that love you, um, what is it that they admire about you? Or what is it that they really like about you? Or, or think about all those people that you've made smile or the difference that you've made in your life along the way. Um, and take a journal it and take notes and remembering your worthiness, remembering the worth that you bring this world, the value. So nobody can take away the value you bring this world. Even if you look at the value you're bringing the addicted loved one in your life, like, you know, I, I'm very caring. It shows like I can care for someone in a relationship that I am, you know, generous, that I am understanding, I'm flexible, I'm, uh, you know, malleable. So like making even a list, if you have to tap into that. So I'm curious if you have any suggestions on this idea of, you know, tapping into your self-worth again and finding, I love your idea of going back to your inner child and just finding that, that person again. Do you have anything else? Well, honestly, I think it's really, and I've, I've heard about this exercise and I've done it too over the course of my life. It's really just looking in the mirror and just telling yourself, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am lovable. I am strong. And don't just say the words because in the life coaching business, you know, our thoughts drive our actions would create the results in our life. And I really want you to look in the mirror and look at yourself and feel the beauty that you are, the beautiful woman that you are. I want you to feel that strength. Don't say the words because if you don't feel it, nothing's going to change. If you feel it, you'll act on it and, you're, and you will show up in your life with beauty and strength. And I really do offer that up. And I liked your idea of asking other people because what happens is when we ask other people like, well, hey, 
what would you say are three good qualities of me? And they tell you, there's so many times they say something that you don't even recognize it, or you dismiss it as, well, isn't everybody that way? But the truth of the matter is, no, you're your own beautiful unicorn and you don't even recognize it. Yeah. And we as individuals, our primordial brain tends to love to tell us all the terrible things we are about ourselves, that we're fat, we're ugly, we don't, we're not good at math, we, you know, we can't keep birthdays straight. I mean, whatever it is, our primordial, primordial brain will tell us how bad we are at everything. So why don't we put that little guy aside and start bringing our prefrontal out and telling ourselves what an amazing person we are and how we just got it all going on. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And it's like talking back to that inner critic, right? The inner yeah. critic triggers that stress response, which you're saying, right? Takes this amygdala hijack into our brain. So yep. we go into the stress response and then we don't think as logically. So you're saying it's really wonderful to quiet down that uh, inner critic or that mean voice. Um, I'll even say to my daughter, sometimes if she, her, her inner critic comes up and we, we call her mean Mary, <laughs> I go, Oh, <laughs> mean Mary's back. You know, like let's, let's turn down me marry and like or talk to her and tell her to be a little more quiet because you're actually this right so the idea is to quiet that you know that stress response and, and move to a more you know logical part of the brain with the prefrontal cortex where like what you're saying is where we can we can make great choices where we can support ourselves in a, in a loving manner and it helps us it helps us to function more optimally I also love the fact that there's that expression um you can't read the label when you're inside the jar yes um, yeah so it's like when you're okay. in it it's hard to see you know what's going on and so it's like um we don't even know necessarily what our strengths are what our you know what our worth is sometimes when we're we're in the muck of things and we're being told certain things that suddenly you're in it thinking well is that true you start to question um, and so I, I always love to use that idea of if, if someone is knocking you down or cri criticizing you or, you know, deflating you in any way um, to be your own advocate and to speak up for yourself and, and kind of quiet, don't let that take on as a voice, but it's almost like you talk back to that and thinking, and you can say, that's not true because, and then finish the sentence. It's like, that's not true because like, so you say what that voice is saying, and then you talk back to it. Or you hear the, the critiques that have become now your thoughts. And um, so I love that you bring that because our thoughts create emotions, right? Which then make the actions in our life. Um, and so that is so important. So, and I love that you bring that up because that's such a wonderful actionable nugget that the listeners can apply right away. But the other thing that I really love is the duality of it, because sometimes if you're in the muck of it, it's so hard to like, okay, change my thoughts. So I have better emotions so that I can, you know, take more positive action in my life. You can also work the other way. You can start taking actions of showing, of, of, of demonstrating self-worth to yourself. So, you know, putting the time into putting, doing your skincare and, you know, doing some, your makeup and make yourself feel good, you know, giving, uh, taking action, like going to yoga classes and things like that. And then that'll start to bring emotions that feel good, more positive emotions, which also can then feed your thinking as well in a positive way. So I love that you bring that whole duality and the, the thought emotions, feelings, and action is, is so great. 
Because it is, it's absolutely true. What you're saying is like, if we just even take the slightest steps of improving our self-care, whether it's a yoga class or dressing, you know, getting out of our sweatpants and putting on something else or getting our hair done or, or, or what, whatever it is, taking a walk, meditating, those are just steps in if you're living with someone who has an addiction, you're just doing those slowly, solely for you. And that's only going to make you feel better. And it's also going to help decrease the codependency that you have on their actions every single day. And going back to your thoughts, I, I agree with, we just need to be intentional because I can only speak for myself, but I know when I was living in my relationship with my alcoholic husband that I really thought like, this is it. Like, this is my life. I'm I told myself I'm not getting divorced, so okay, there's no other option. And so like this is this is my life. And I was living my life. I I was just I, I'm sorry, I wasn't living my life, I was just going through my life. Existing. And, <laughs> existing. And now everything I do in my life is intentional and I do it for the betterment of either myself my family, my friends, my self-care, or just for the universe in general, by just making, volunteering, doing intentional things to put better energy out into the universe. Mm, that's so amazing. And I, I can share on that energy of shame um, because I was in a 10-year marriage before my addicted loved one. And then I was in this nine-year relationship with my addicted loved one. So I was like, oh my God, I'll be damned if I'm going to have another relationship that goes down the tubes, right? Yeah. My poor kids, like what am I putting them through? And um, so that energy of shame and guilt often is there and, you know, trying to make it work and that, you know, you, you, you think this is the love of your life. So, um, so I, I can relate to that in so many ways, but I love this idea of showing up intentionally and um, for the listeners and, and anyone that wants to show up more intentionally, do you have any suggestions for that? Um, I really, I guess, I guess I would just say that they should my suggestion would be maybe a little bit of self-reflection and how today is going. How is this moment, this day working for you? Is there anything that you could do in this moment to make your life a little bit better just for you? Because if we put big ideas and big dreams out there, they are so easy to get pushed away because they just seem insurmountable. But if you can just take this moment and do one thing, what would it be? And make sure you do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love that. So taking the self-reflection, right, is all about self-awareness. Yeah. It's like, and what I love that you're bringing up is the fact that it doesn't have this 
be this grandiose goal. It can be just what would make today better or what would make today a little bit better for me. And um, just for you, I love that you bring that up. Not for your whole family, not for your addicted loved one, just for you. So what would make you show up the way you want to be right in in today? And I love that you say that like just a little bit better just for you. And just one thing, it's like that breaks it down. But if we do that every single day, it has a compound effect and it will make your life better. And that that's such a wonderful nugget that uh, a lot of people can take on. As you know, I love actionable nuggets. So that's a, that's a great <laughs> one. Okay. So if you have one final message that you want to give the listener, um, what would it be? Um, I would say for those that are in the muck of it, as you said, just really look at your life and evaluate your life and ask yourself, is this relationship serving me? Like, is this really, is, is this person and where I'm at in my life, is this, am I okay with it? Am I at peace with this? And if you are and they're still in their addiction, then that's fine as long as you are okay with it. But if you're looking at your life and your relationship right now and your surroundings and it's not serving you and you just feel like there's just something else, there's something more that I want to say, just take one step in a different direction. Change is hard. It is. Change is scary. And I know from myself and from all my clients how scary and fearful people are of making these first initial changes. But I promise you, once you make one change in your life, it will, it will beget the second and then the third. And next thing you know, you're building momentum and all of a sudden you're in the place that you want to go. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. I would never tell my clients that, but I do want to tell you, you are capable of change if you will just try to break through the fear. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. I love it. Even just one step in a different direction. So if things aren't exactly how you'd like them to be, um, whatever you have control over, like you have control over just taking one step, even if it's baby, baby step in baby a different step. direction and that it'll, it'll, you know, you'll end up closer and closer to where you want to be and that it's not going to be easy. Right. But, um, but taking those little baby steps. And I think there's an expression too, like, you know, when like, um, pilots on an airplane, they course correct, like hundreds and hundreds of times on one flight. So like the wind moves them and they course correct. So it's almost like that is like what it is. It's like course correcting. It's like one little tiny shift in direction, um, ends up getting you to the destination that you, you really do want for yourself. And, and what will happen, and you know this from your business, is that your brain and your mind is going to start freaking out and just saying, what yeah. are we doing? Why do we want to change? Look at, we know what it's like here. We know, you know, when he gets home from work, we know when he drinks, we know, you know, the roads to go to work. We know everything. This is what we know. This is comfortable. Yes. But is this all serving you? Are you happy? Are, 
Are you in the life you desire? Are you in the place you want to be? And if you're not, then make one change. And when, when your brain starts telling you you're crazy for doing this, just say, I hear you. I hear you. But do it anyway. Just keep moving forward. Mm, that is so beautiful. Just keep moving forward and um, asking that question, is this serving me? Um, I always say that expression, is this helping or hindering or right? Is it, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, um, it's really important to really tap in and, that, and join that self-awareness and just be being more self-aware so that you can make those even I love I think a common theme here in our conversation with you is those little tiny changes yeah. um, so that you don't freak yourself out but at the same time that is start you start to move in a separate direction or a different direction that feels better um, and uh, whether that's staying with the addicted loved one in your life or or leaving like you said so I, I love that you bring that up for any any of the listeners in any place in their relationships right now um, and that you can do life better. Right. Yeah. Cause it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Your life is your life. If you choose to live with your addicted loved one, then that's your choice and you have that right. But if you don't want to be in that situation anymore, or you just want to find a way to live better within that situation, then that's all on you. And you have that ability because listen, people, I hate to tell you this, we're only here once. Yeah. So let's make the best of it. We all deserve better. And again, life is 50-50. It's not always going to be rainbows and daisies. But if you can just really appreciate the beauty of life, you can have an incredible life and you deserve it. Mm, that is so beautiful. And I cannot thank you enough for being on the show, Deanna, because um, people are definitely going to want to get a hold of you and, and connect with you for your services and just connect with you in general. So where can they get a hold of you? Well, you can find me on my website at Deanna, D-E-A-N-N-A, MarieLifeCoaching.com. You can schedule a free consultation call with me and I can start getting you going on that right track of life and giving you some more little nuggets so you can take those steps. I also have a free PDF on there on 10 things to stop doing if you love an alcoholic. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under Deanna Marie Life Coaching. So I really hope you'll join my community. I actually have a private uh, group too for those who love an alcoholic on Facebook. It's under Deanna Marie Coaching. And I really would love to just see more of you and try to show all of you that and prove to all of you that you definitely deserve a better life. I love that. And also knowing you're not alone. Thank you so much for creating such Absolutely. a beautiful community and uh, for all the help that you are, you know, providing as well as turning your pain into purpose. So thank you so much, Deanna, for being here and all your nuggets of wisdom. I know all the listeners are really, really be happy from that. Thank you so much. It was so great to be here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com. 
where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.